waiting on Rick Tockett. Adam Seaborn will also join us later on, Canadian media analyst. We'll get his thoughts on, on what the trade deadline is today, 2022, and how it's changed over the years. God, I know that. Well, you've seen it as much as anyone. I can't imagine when you started 20 years ago, yeah. the deadline was just a thing, right? Like it wasn't an event. It was not an event at all, and it just kind of evolved on its own. And, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, watching uh, TSN and Bob McKenzie, you know, Bob, the original guy that started with information that others didn't have, and then me sitting on the other side of the fence going, Gee, yeah, I wonder if I made that. Made- <laughs> Like made a few calls. Could I be able to find out anything at all? And uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. So we yeah. look forward to that on Monday. Both networks, TSN and Sportsnet, uh, getting it going on Monday. And, of course, the hockey fan has got a few different options to to absorb all that uh, attention from you know the NHL trade deadline. You know Real Kipper and Bourne, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday, March 21st. Oh, that's the beauty. It'll be all over by then. (laughs) (laughs) We are. We're coming on when everything is happening. It's going to be prime time. I'm excited. All right. Let's go to Rick Tockett now, three-time Stanley Cup champion, always a friend of this show. Uh, Rick, thanks for joining us. How are you, my friend? How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Um, Just wanted to get your thoughts uh, just before even as as a – as a player, um, yeah, you know, just from the media side, the coaching side, you participated in Stanley Cup Champions with Pittsburgh. What it means this time of year when you think that your lineup is missing something, and behind the scenes, you, you you're giving some ideas away, but there's no guarantee getting any help this time of year, is there? Yeah, I always remember like when you're one of the top teams, you know, you, you don't want to see a buddy of yours go because you know you, you played with them all year and your team's doing well. But you know, you know, you know, management's looking. Hey, we need this. We need a little more grit. We need a, a you know, more depth. But we need a defenseman. So, it's, it's some teams are, you know, I remember being on some players being on edge. You know, you're a little bit on edge, but you know, but the competitive in you, you're like, man, if we can get this guy, it can put us over the top. So, um, it, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. But uh, I think at the end of the day, when the management makes that deal, like after that, hey, we just got this. Defense, we're really big defense. We're really like, like Colorado getting Manson. I'm sure, they're happy about that. You get a big tough guy back there. It does add a little bit of juice to your team. How hard is it to integrate those new guys in the season? You know, like I've been on junior and minor league teams where you see guys come in, and if it's a bunch of guys, they almost feel like this own group of people that are separate from the team and trying to come in, fit in. How much of a challenge have you seen in the past in trying to integrate with a group? That's big on the leadership. I, I, I've been traded a bunch of times and. It's funny, you go to a team and you just know instantly, you know, I know when I, you know, when I got traded to Pittsburgh there, like, you know, the guys at the ever Kevin Stevens come and grab me. I, I remember eating pre, I got traded. I played that night and I flew in that morning. I, I ate pre, pregame at his house. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was all Samson helps pick me up for the game at the hotel. I mean, those little things go a long way. You know, and, and I know stories where I've been on to where you're on your own for a while. You know, it's almost like you got to, you got to kind of extend the hand out a little bit, say, you know, I'm on your team, uh, but guys aren't as receptive. I don't know. It's really weird. Most of the teams I've had guys have been great, but that's why it's important. That, you know, the coach obviously is to get that leadership group and make this guy, whoever you get, or a couple of guys to feel welcome, like right away. It's almost like instant brotherhood. When we look at uh, 
the sexiest names this time of year. Uh, they're 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 game breakers, right? I mean, and they command a ton of respect. But I'm also talking about, uh, and you've experienced it in Pittsburgh, especially with your third line guys, your your fourth line guys, or your your third pair guys, like Nick Bonino. He, there's a guy that's had a great career, but then he he goes to Pittsburgh and just finds that that sweet spot. And the next thing you know, I'm, I mean, you're Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, that's the one. I got to give Jim Rutherford a ton of credit uh, for that team. You know, go get into Matt Cullens, um, at Nick Benino. Like, it fit like a glove. He knew he was going to come there, and, you know, he's going to play his 13, 14 minutes. He's going to spearhead the penalty kill. He's going to have a huge uh, voice in the locker room. He accepts his role. Um, and it's just, it's you know, it's Carl Hagelin came for us, and, you know, the same situation, you know, he, he, you know, the, the fast guy and he accepted his role. So yeah, it's, it's, it, you acquire character too, as much as you want talent, when you can, we can put some character in that room that has some talent. I mean, it's just a huge thing. And you can just tell, I know. And I like, I keep the experience when I was coaching with Pittsburgh, you know, the Crosby's and Malkins and, and Latangs were so accommodating those guys. And I, I swear within two weeks, those guys were part of the leadership group. Like they were in the meetings with Mike Sullivan. So, um, those are the guys you really got to kind of try to find, you know, those guys that, you know, if things are bad, they're going to be there for you. Or if things are good, they're going to be able to handle prosperity. So um, character guys are big at the trade deadline for sure. So what's it like on the other side of that when you're on a team that's already not great and the the management team takes good players out of the locker room because they're trying to stockpile assets? What's it like walking into a sort of a more stripped-down team? Um, I imagine that happened in Arizona a little while you are there. I hate to be presumptuous, but I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's tough. I mean, uh, it's tough on the coach. It's tough on the organization. You know, you're trying to, you know, they're stripping it down. They're, they're trying to acquire draft picks, assets. You're calling guys up. Uh, and you know, there's and there's guys on that team that are still good players, and it's almost like, you know, you, 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 and, and I'm talking about a team that's, you know, just maybe a little over 500, and you still think, hey man, we can, we can, you know, if we win seven out of ten, we're back in this. All of a sudden, you get stripped down. Those it's tough. I yeah. got to tell you, and, and uh, you know, that's why it's important, especially the guys are going to stay there for a few years. You got to include them. You got to kind of make sure, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to be better for it next year, and, and try to almost make them a partner because if you don't, um, you know, the culture, it, it, it can take a, take a little dent in the culture, you know, because those guys in the room, they, uh, they build the, the blocks for that culture. So you got to make sure that you, you communi- communicate with these guys every day, what's going on. Don't keep, don't keep those guys in the dark because you're just going to alienate that whole room. I don't like that uh, as a player or a coach. We saw Ben Chirac go for a boatload from the Montreal Canadiens to Florida, but uh, the, the the premium price right now for defense, even if even if you're not trading for them, but resigning them, um, and you know we like Seth Jones and we like Darnell Nurse, but like nine million dollars now. I mean, why is why is it this? I, I get it; it's important, but are you shocked at, to see the the sticker prices now for defense? Yeah, it's uh, there's some ones there. You're kind of, I, I shouldn't say you're scratching your head, but you're going, man. You, you know, they better be very good for you. Uh, um, you know, like you, you mentioned Ben Sherratt, right? And, uh, and it's funny, Nick. I was watching the, the Vegas and Florida game. Uh, you know, to me, and they're talking about getting Drew and all these teams. Like for me, Florida needs the players that can defend them. I mean, when I watched that game yesterday, I mean, Florida's a terrific game, but they, they're chance for chance type of team, and, and they score goals at will. They got to be able to defend the puck. 
that's what I saw last night. So that's why I do like getting a guy like him in the lineup, a guy that in a seven-game series, whether they play Tampa or the Leafs or whatever, that they can go, you know, head-to-head with Matthews or head-to-head with, um, you know, Stamkos, those guys, and be able to defend those guys. That's all, That's how you win cops. You, you can't outscore teams. So um, getting that defenseman like a Schrott's going to help, I think, Florida. But also, if you get that guy, that, you know, $9 million, eight-year, $72 million guy, um, you better be 23, 24, 25. I, I, I'm not sure that you can give those guys when they're 29, 3, that kind of deal. Me personally, does it really bites you in the end? Yeah, so... You know, looking at um, you know the Leafs and thinking about what you're talking about, Florida, and like gotta yeah. have a guy who can defend. You know, is it possible to bring one guy in and make that difference for your team? Like the Leafs don't seem like a team whose forwards like naturally want to defend. That's not how the way they're programmed. If they brought in some great shutdown D, would that put them? Would they then be a team that could defend if they needed to, or does that have to kind of come through at your lineup? Well, you find the right guy. Um, you know, like I know a, a Chris Pronger has bounced around because. He's a guy that, you know, he makes his teammates defend. That's why probably, you know, a lot of guys didn't like him when he played with them because, right. you know, he, he's on guys. Like, and, and you got to have those guys, you know. Like, I always talk about the Leafs. Like, you know, yeah, Matthew's scoring all that. But for me, you know, if Toronto, and I always have scenarios. Toronto's playing Florida, say, in the playoffs. It's two to one. There's six minutes left. You know, Matthews and Myers line, if they go head-to-head with Barkoff and Hubra, just by them playing great defense and neutralizing and win the two two to one, not so much you know, let's go for it and try to make it three to one. Which I'm not saying you you know you got to play totally defensive, but that's why Sid Crosby is so good because he he might not get to have a point in the game, but the last ten minutes of the game we're up two to one. You know we're going against the Stamkos or the Kucherovs. We were playing against those guys or the Ovechkins. He would he would lock it down. Those guys wouldn't get a sniff. We win the game two to one game's over and he's as happy as hell because we won it and then scoring a goal. So I think that's really the mentality. I like to see the star players. Sometimes you just got to lock it down. Don't worry about, and I hate to use that because everybody's just, oh, you got to play defense, defense. Like uh, I'm, I'm saying dump the puck. And I'm not saying dump the puck. And I'm just saying there, you know, when you defend, you're in a corner with a star guy and you got to, and, and your star defends that guy and wins a puck battle. That goes a long way from line two, three and four, for sure. I've seen it many times. I'm sorry, did you say the scenario is it's 2-1 and it's six minutes in? Six minutes left. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, no, no. Tor- <laughs> Toronto, Florida, that's six minutes in. 2-1. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they, yeah, good luck, you're right. <laughs> um, just, just in terms of now, this um, Shelgren uh, has come in. Uh, nobody knows anything about him. And so far, he's he's done a remarkable job of at least staying, uh, at least looking calm, cool, and collected here. Um, but, you know, what are the thoughts of this guy running the table here? Or how how long do you leave him in? And you know what the scenario is with uh, Campbell and, uh, and Mrazic. As a coach right now, you're behind that bench. You take your chances on a guy running the table, or are you begging your management to go find somebody else? Well, I, I think, you know, I think there's, you know, I, I'm pretty surprised if they're not sniffing still, you know, uh, leaves to try to get that guy. Um, but I will tell you, uh, it happened at St. Louis with Biddington. You know, I'm not, you know, it's actually Paul Bissonnette said that, hey, maybe this guy could be the new uh, uh, Biddington like two years or three years ago for, for uh, St. Louis when he came halfway through. Nobody even knew who this guy was. Um, I will say it adds juice. You know, when your team's not getting great goaltending and, you know, you can see the energy level of the players when, you know, like especially at Hamilton, uh, in Hamilton, uh, the Buffalo, and there's a couple of goals there, right? 
I mean, the Leafs weren't that bad that game. Um, and there's a couple of goals where, you know, you got to have that stop. So now you get a young kid come there. Nobody knows this. All of a sudden, he comes in there, plays really well for half the game when they pulled him, and then he has a shutout. It does add a little juice. They're like, man, this guy's, hey, this guy's pretty good. Hey, this guy, you know, all of a sudden, you see guys that don't block shots. All of a sudden, they start blocking shots. Or you see guys that are, are you know, not great defenders. All of a sudden, the guy's giving a little more effort because, hey, this, you know, we want to be good in front of this kid. And then you get that ball rolling. So there might be something there. I mean, I don't know much about the kid. I don't know his how good he can be, um, but it does add juice to your team. I'll tell you that. So how much communication would there be between a coaching staff and the, the managers, the general managers, you move towards the trade deadline. I imagine on some teams, you got coaches in the office going, ah, I need something. I need something. But I, I realize those are, there's some division of duties there within an organization. Yeah, that's a great question because I've been in organizations, you know, where you're a player or a coach and I've been in, in, in that trade deadline uh, round table for a couple of weeks it's the communication with the general manager and the coach. Some general managers play it. Hey, you just coach while I, you know, I, I bring you in there, and that's it. And you're alienated. And then you got the other guys where you're involved. I think the guys that are involved um, and, and have a great communication with the GMs, you got the better chance of, uh, uh, you know, winning, you're getting a trade or even just communicating what you need. Because there's in, in the roundtable, I don't know who's in the whoever teams you look to have a roundtable. There's got to be five or six guys in there, and the five or six guys can't be yes men. They got to be not afraid to challenge the general manager and saying, "This is what I think," or "This player, or that player." Um, you know, you, you got to have that roundtable that's willing to to fight and argue and scratch and claw for your guy, or maybe you're, 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 there's a position that maybe you don't think we really need help. We need this position that you tell the general manager. So uh, there's a lot of teams and organizations play it differently. I'm always for the case having that six or seven roundtable and and fighting and scratching and arguing for the, your guy or if, if you can get a deal done. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to, if you can get the deal done. God, that must get heated. I can only imagine uh, the passion or the emotion that sometimes it could uh, that could come across the table like that. Yeah, I, I remember Jim Rutherford, uh, you know, when, when it was Carl, whether it was Carl Hagelin or you know, the Trevor Daly or Benito, like, you know, asking everybody's opinion. And, and he, I remember Jimmy, he wouldn't say anything. He, and one guy would say, I wouldn't do it. Or one side would want it. You know, there was a, you know, do, do we want the van? I remember Vander Kane with name came up and there was two or three guys very passionate about no way. And one guy said, we should like, I think that's great. And I think that's good. GMs want that. They want that banter. And then, and at the end of the day, the GM makes a decision, but he, he gets, he collects all that information. Yeah. It's a, a high stress uh, time for a lot of teams. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the Leafs' biggest priority then? Do you, do you think a defenseman is uh, is the way to go? We're, we're watching Tavares and Nylander need some help on their wing. We mentioned the goaltending earlier. What do you what do you see is what needs to happen by deadline well, time? I'm, well, I'm I'm from the school where yeah, Tavares and and uh, and say Nylander, whoever we give you, you got to make the guy good. And, and you know, you, you got to whoever it is. Hopefully, it's a north south guy. You know, wins puck battles. You, you got to be able to make it work because we can't go find you a 30, 40 goal score. We have other needs. That's just me. Like, yeah. like, look at us. Like, and I keep bringing up Pittsburgh, the model. I mean, you know, we gave Gensel and Rust and, um, you know, uh, at the time uh, we wrote that Connor Sheary said God, because we needed other needs. Uh, you know, I think Pittsburgh earlier on years ago, oh, we got to go, you know, they try to get a Gimlet. They try to get, you know, they try to get uh, uh, Crosby, these star players, they had, they had enough guys. They just needed. We needed defensemen because we had a rash of uh, people hurt. I'm, 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 
I'm a guy, if you've got a really good team and you can score goals, yeah, okay, yeah, you want your bottom six to get more goals. But, so you know, you rotate those guys in, uh, you know, put them up top with Tavares and Nylander every once in a while. But to me, they got I think they need a defenseman, a, a good defenseman, um, because in those seven-game series, every night you're playing the same guys and they're coming at you the same way. You need guys who are willing to play the same way and play hard every night, especially on the defensive side of the puck. One more for you, and we'll exclude Toronto, but we've seen Florida, Tampa Bay, Colorado, and Calgary get ahead of this. Who has the most pressure right now to get something oh. done? Well, Colorado for me is Stanley Cup or bust. I mean, you, you know, you, that team for four years on paper is one of the best teams. It's got to go. It's got to go far. There's a ton of pressure on that team. Um, and to me, Florida to me is, a, you know, they've had what – Six, seven, eight thousand fans in that stadium for years. Now all of a sudden they're, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're starting to starting to creep into the. Hey, we're almost getting sellouts now. I'm not sure that they could go go on a whimper in the playoff. If they want to grow that game down in Florida, that, that side, you know, not the Tampa side. Tampa's done it right. Can they? They they need, they need momentum. They need people like, hey, this. All of a sudden, people, you know, I come down to Florida sometimes and. And you're on the one side, it was like nobody, they don't even have the Panther game on at a bar. This is like three, four months ago. Now they're starting to put them on. They gotta, I think they got to make some noise. So for, to me, I'm sure this, I mean, we could argue that five other teams' pressure. And who, but to me, Florida on the east and, and then Colorado on the west, for, to me, is the pressure, I think. Well, we'll see how this scenario plays out this weekend. Talk, we really appreciate your time, man. Always. Thanks for your questions, guys. Good questions. Appreciate it. All yeah, right. thank you. Rick Toggett. TNT analyst, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He is great as an analyst and a coach. Yeah. Nah, he's just talk. He's just, he's going to be on the analyst side until the offseason, and that'll be the end of that. Sam, are you with us? I love talk. <laughs> you do. What's you not to bring, love? You didn't bring it up. I put it on the lineup. What's I that? didn't see it. All-time I, leader in Gordie Howe oh, hat-tricks. for God's sakes. I was going to just... Talk it is? Yes. Why didn't you tell us? I put it on the... <laughs> But but when I read it, it's wrong. <laughs> ah, that's true. But it's that's the most badass record. That is most all time. Nineteen. Nineteen career Gordie Howe hat tricks. If yes. you only do that in your career, nineteen, nineteen, and nineteen fights, that's a pretty good NHL career. Awesome career. Yeah, that's really cool. Do we know uh, who's second or no, anybody close? Just know he's first. The old trivia piece, Gordie Howe. How how many he actually had? Yeah, I was going to say it was one or two. Yeah. And you still get it named after you. Because he did it. He fought and he scored and he passed the puck, right? It's got to be the first one at anything and you're remembered. Yes. <laughs> sure. How about you? <laughs> I'm tripping first penalty? nothing. A I tripping nothing. penalty? Lady Bings at, all day, buddy. And a goal? I got tons of sportsmanship trophies in my closet. <laughs> Oh, man. So nothing. We've been on the air for an hour and 35 minutes. Uh, we started 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, we got the the Tampa-Chicago trade in, and nothing has come in since then. No. Well, that's just it. I mean, everyone's traded now. They got the Manson deals done. Drew, we've already decided it's going to Florida. Hagel's gone to Tampa Bay. What else is there? Lindholm's going to get traded. I guess he's sitting out now. Yeah, but uh, like where? Not, like, not th- Toronto. Just, just think about this for a second because it has to be better than Ben Sherratt. But mm, I guess it does. It has to be better. There must have been a bidding war for Sherratt. Do you think there will be for Lindholm? I mean, there should be, logically. I'm not sure if there was a bidding war for Sherratt. 
except Florida saying, we want him and we're prepared to give you this now. Yeah, they did kind of go over the top rope with that offer. The only thing is... That's a bully offer, I believe. Don't call anyone else. Take it or leave it. Is you're going to give up a first and a third and what Pat Verbeek we think is a top prospect Mm. for... to, To go to a contending team that has no shot at hitting your demands of eight times eight. I'll be blown away at, at a team that pays that price, knowing that you're just renting him for the last uh, 18, 17 games. I love, I don't know much about Pat Verbeek and what he's going to do, but I love the idea that he's like, I, it's just not the guy we want to do eight years on right now. I mean, that's so, so much term for a guy who's, you know, his talk said, if you do that sort of length, the guy better be 23, 24, you know, whatever. You don't want to do it for a 28-year-old. Okay, traditionally uh, in this country, this time of year is all, always followed with a trade deadline day uh, covered by Sportsnet and TSN. We thought it'd be fun to bring Canadian media analyst Adam Seaborn along. Uh, we had you earlier on this year. That was fun. Adam, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm good, guys. How are you doing? We're good. So, um, Monday, give me the scenario. You got both televisions up at the same time. You're watching it like many Canadians have the last 20 years. I've got my TV on. I've got a laptop streaming. I've got my phone. I've got an iPad. It's, uh, yeah, every device in my household is connected. So here I am. I'm 55 years old. I've been part of this history uh, the last 20 years. But I want to get your thoughts because you're younger, better looking, thinner, <laughs> and smarter than me. Uh, give us your thoughts on how this whole thing has evolved uh, from both network sides and how it's sold or how it's now uh, delivered, yeah. un- unlike 20 years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, it was just a day on the schedule, right? Like you'd get the newspaper update the next day and, oh, it looks like someone's being traded. Um, I mean, it's been about 10 or 15 years now of this always on trade deadline coverage that both TSN and Sportsnet have done. Um, And to be honest, I think it's something that both the networks and the league deserve a lot of credit for. It's not like no other league does anything quite like this makes a whole day event out of the trade deadline. I mean, ironically over the years, we've probably seen less and less trades actually happen on trade deadline day, but it's an opportunity for, you know, both networks to, reset the entire NHL season, say, here are the pretenders, here are the real teams that are going for it. All eyes are on the NHL, and it's like the perfect opportunity to really dig deep on hockey content. What's the evolution of how people consume this information now? You know, uh, you know, people t- consuming streaming and podcasts, and, and I, I understand that recently there's been movement there. Um, where is it at and where is it going in terms of how people take this stuff in? Yeah, I, I think historically the, the champion of, you know, any big network was the TV broadcast, the linear TV. And there was definitely a time where you had to have TSN or Sportsnet on, on trade deadline day to get the actual news, to get the trade. And it's not about just getting the news and the transaction. It's about, okay, well, what does this mean for other trades? What's the context for my team? Everyone cares about, you know, their team or the wider league mm-hmm. now. And I mean, Twitter has been around for a long time, but um a lot is made of, you know, oh, the trades break on Twitter. If you remember a couple of years ago, the NBA draft, uh, Woj got his hand slapped because he leaked every single p- uh, pick before they happened. Uh, and then he went to, you know, kind of hinting at the pick right before they happened. Um, but, you know, that's, that was 2018, 2019. 
I think networks now realize that trying to silence their insiders on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or wherever they are uh, to protect the sanctity of the TV broadcast, that doesn't happen anymore. So the news breaks on social media um, and where people consume it is, is everywhere. It's still the TV broadcast. You still want to hear panels break down what this means for the Toronto Maple Leafs. People are going to listen to your radio show and want to hear what the recap of the day is. And people might stream that show or they might, I know, I know people are watching on YouTube right now. Um, so I don't think it's, it's a huge difference. It's just that now it's being distributed and that the, the flagship TV product isn't the anchor. We're joined by Adam Seaborn, uh, Canadian media analyst, sizing up trade deadline day for uh, Monday, uh, both TSN Sportsnet going at it once again. And in terms of, Adam, the shifting of dollars, I mean, not too yeah. long ago, it was all about you want to get in on the game, you want to spend uh, uh, some money on, on the content here that's being delivered throughout the whole day, you can own it, you got to go yeah. through us on television. How has that evolved in terms of the corporation saying, hey, listen, maybe I just want to buy a little snippet here on, uh, on the Real Kipper and Bourne show? Yeah, well, I think there's an opportunity to do that, exactly. Buy a little snippet on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Um, I think what's really interesting, and this is something that's really just happening the last couple of years, is that we have you know, bona fide insiders who are kind of independent free agents. So we saw you know, your colleague or ex-colleague, CJ, uh, leave Sportsnet last year and now he's working with the Star Sports. He's working with TSN. He's got his own podcast with the Steve Daniel Network. Uh, we saw Frank Cervelli leave TSN. He's working now with Daily Faceoff. I mean, they're both going to have their own podcast and their YouTube live show covering it while also, you know, calling in, being guests on both the big networks. So from an ad dollar perspective, if I'm, you know, a big brand and I want to surround myself in hockey, which trust me, every brand in Canada wants to somehow be associated with the NHL. Um, there's way more opportunity for them to leverage, uh, whether it's talent directly through their social handles, whether it's YouTube first content or whether it's still, you know, the radio show or a TV broadcast. You know, Adam, I was the first guy to bring <laughs> a, a phone on the trade deadline show. <laughs> I was, yeah. I well, was my... it a Blackberry or a flip phone? <laughs> I pulled my, uh, horse and buggy into the parking lot <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was one of those things that just kind of evolved and it was before it was like taboo. You could not, you, you, if the phone rang uh, and it wasn't even vision, there wasn't a visual of it. Yeah. You got in a lot of trouble. Right. Yeah. And then it was like, wait, wait a second. Uh, people like that. We're they literally think- on air last night and, D- and Amber says to Fridge, like, Fridge, you with us? Fridge is like sending a text about <laughs> yes. Giroux. But Fridge also eats and he vacuums <laughs> and he shovels snow during <laughs> interviews. and. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, listen, it's a race to who gets the information out first. And it's funny between, you know, Bob McKenzie, Fridge, yourself, whoever it is, the insiders, everyone wants to kind of get that information out there first. I'm not sure how much that really matters besides being the most trusted voice. I mean, I think what Elliot does has made him probably the most trusted voice when it comes to inside information in the NHL. Um, but it doesn't necessarily translate to, to viewership. I know that, I mean, historically, this might be a sore spot for you guys. TSN's actually had more people viewing their trade deadline show than Sportsnet, even though Sportsnet is the national rights holder. Um, so it, it's curious about how people are engaging with the content and what that actually means. I mean, 
the panel shows, whether it's deadline day, free agent friendly, or just every day when we have, you know, talking heads on screen, breaking down last night's game, it all really acts as an infomercial for the network to drive to the games. Like the live broadcast of the games are the core product for everything. And everything else is really just promotion for that game to stay tuned with us for the real event. Well, we look forward to it uh, on uh, Monday. Enjoy the weekend, Adam, and enjoy uh, watching on on uh, Monday. And we'll catch up to you real soon down the road. Yeah, thanks, Gabriel. You think the Leafs are going to do something here? What do we think? Goalie? Have to. No <laughs> gotta, goalie. Gotta, gotta. No goalie. <laughs> These guys think goalie. I'm saying no, 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 no. That, that ship sailed. Get a defenseman and call it a day. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Adam. Adam Seaborn, Canadian media analyst. So when I was, uh, when there was lulls, uh, my producer at the time, Bob Torrance, would uh, call my cell phone mm-hmm. and, and ring it. Really? Going to break. Yeah. So it would be like Darren Millard would be uh, at the desk and it's like, oh, uh, Nick's got a call. Um, Let's uh, let's go to Nick right after the break. Don't go away. <laughs> it's just a hook. That's it's really just good. horrible. Eh? No, that's great. I hey. love that. I love that. That's oh my god, fake news. Literal in, fake news. In my early twenties, when I was in college, and like really when I loved the Leafs the most, and they were terrible. Um, th- it was such an exciting day. It was, you know, you would yeah. skip class, you'd rot on the couch, get a case of beer going, you'd sit there. I didn't have Twitter, so it was like before, so like the TV was where you were finding right, out everything. Right, right, Like I didn't have Twitter, you're just watching TV and it's like, oh, we're going to the train. It's like, oh my God, yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. most exciting <laughs> thing in the world. It is, it's hope. It is, exactly. Where, where Transactions is, are sexy, no where matter is what. Chapman taking Jay's fans oh, right now? Oh my God, they he's taking me from, over the moon. They went from in the mix to favorites now. And and not to mention this guy is like fully engaged with the, the fan base. He's taking Instagram videos. Like he's he's not someone who's like tepid about coming here. He's like embraced it. So even more excited based on yeah, that. Yeah, I let him get him out of the system. We don't need you to take Instagram pictures. Just win. <laughs> you have different requirements than some of the fan so, base. I can tell you that. Um, just, I know Kipper will be really excited about this. Okay. Another contest? No, the the Leafs just sent out a a, a tweet. Nothing to do with trades. Nothing to do with that. (gasps) But they sent out a little teaser video for a black Leafs jersey. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, tell them that that was done in the 90s. I like, excuse me, I like the idea of it. We just got, we just finished with green. We've had Andre Kosh has scored a goal in three different jerseys in three straight games. How about that? Yeah. I have a... uh... A history as a longtime Islanders fan, consumer, mm. of just loathing every new sweater. The black ones came out. Oh, Oof, God. Bad. Just awful. You mean like the... I mean, the fisherman was... The one that was, said yeah, Islanders on them? They never they recovered. Horrible. They no, never recovered from, from the, the fisherman. The, uh, Captain Highliner? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the brand itself took some real blows. That's my... my Beer league team, we took the a rip off of the Captain Highlander. Well, I've seen your, yeah. your kits; they're nice. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, you guys can kind of be ironic with it, yeah. you know, like I, I they, but they figured it out. A yeah. lot of teams have figured it out with their jerseys. You know what? Even the Oilers next year are going back to the royal blue and not the orange. The, the I don't Oilers mind the are going to win. I don't mind the orange. I like the orange. Uh, yeah, you're wrong. Kipper's so mad bad. about this conversation. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs>
But the Kings you guys have gone go fashion. Back. Oh, I love the jerseys. NHL fashion. I, I might as well start the weekend now. Do you now. follow Chris Creamer oh, or body. Watch or like people love this stuff. I'm into it. I yeah. I have probably like 40 It's just jerseys. all on unis. Oh yeah, that's yep. it. The whole websites yep. are based on new changes, tweaks. The I mean, the other day they were tweeting about the preview videos and the quality of the teasers now and mm-hmm. Really? Oh, it's big business. This gets me fired up. The reverse retros last year. Oh, I was loving that too. Okay. Last few minutes here. Let's go across uh, uh the Vegas? country. Vegas? No, uh, before we get into Vegas, uh, let's go Vegas first. Okay. Okay. Um, last I heard, uh, Jack Eichel uh, taking pictures today, took a puck to the hand. A lot of people believe that uh, it is fairly serious. Last night, oh, we don't know whether an MRI or X-rays will prove otherwise here. But man, this is uh, devastating to see him leave the game last night. They won. They're in the fight Big for win, their, too. They were down to Florida. They're, they're in the fight of their lives right now for a playoff spot. They are. Scrapping it out. They got Dallas on their heels, Vancouver on their heels, Winnipeg on their heels. Um, obviously, it hasn't been good for a, a while now. Twenty, sorry, 19 games left. They're out. Eichel, boys. Oh, poor franchise that's been oh, in the no, playoffs every year <laughs> with their charmed life in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, they might miss the playoffs. Yeah, oh, tough to woe be is me. <laughs> tough oh. to what be are you, Andrew Peters right I could, now? I couldn't care less. Glad to not see him in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. I like that. It's right up there with Andrew Peters on Good. Jack Eichel Good. missing the playoffs. I, yeah, he's a baby. Missed the playoffs. <laughs> Man, Eichel's taking a beating on this show. Yeah, it's Friday. All right, let's go across the country here and and expectations. Vancouver, let's start there. Anything significant? Is is uh is Mott still there? Yeah, Mott's still there. That's likely. Uh, but a lot of the names we heard you think from he's there. Staying? The only other, I I don't think Mott is staying. The only other person I think might get traded could be Besser, but I don't no. think so. No. no, I heard no. So no, then no moves for Vancouver. Yeah, I, don't I think heard do much. highly unlikely. I like your idea about them and the playoff push and fans in the seats, and it's been a tough couple years. I will give you one scenario that uh, maybe uh, DeBrusque for Brock Besser. Some sort of Boston. Uh... Yes, because hmm. th- there is a sense that, you know, uh, they wouldn't even qualify Jake DeBrusque. Vancouver wouldn't. No. Oh, Boston. sorry, Boston wouldn't qualify. And, then, and if he walks for nothing, then at least, you know, there there is a scenario that Vancouver won't qualify Brock mm. Besser at $7.5 million. Right. So you just switch each other's problems for new life. Boston gets a little better. An outside shot at that, I was mm. told. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that's the only scenario that you have. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I believe Brock Besser will, will remain a Vancouver Canuck. Okay, Calgary, Edmonton, anything? Calgary's done its work. There was some talk that they were uh, asking about uh, Hagel, mm-hmm. but that would have been a stretch too at the price. Yeah, and I heard Tree living on uh, Yarncroc and basically said that. Do you know he's uh, Elias Lindholm's cousin? What? They're cousins. Interesting. So this, he, and he's from the same hometown as Lindholm yeah. and Markstrom. Yep. Gavel. Calgary's gone Team Sweden. Yeah, they're like all buddies. That's steady, steady Swedes. Vancouver, uh, Winnipeg. I don't expect uh, much movement at Cop. all. They're just they're, 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 no, they're just caught right in the middle. They're just, oh, really? Yeah, they're just caught in the middle. They can't go for it. No, they 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 think they're still in it. 
Dude, they do. Uh, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're, I mean, they're four points behind Vegas with two games in hand. I mean, the other tough thing, to call them out the, of The it. other issue they have with, like, other teams is getting people back in the building. They went on an incredible run since they came back of sellouts. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been the case, and the pandemic is a, a huge reason why. Yeah. But if they think that they're in it, if their fan base think that they're still in it, they can't, they can't sell pieces. Hmm. So don't expect much there. Interesting. They're, uh, yeah, not... Uh... Are Oiler fans going to be pissed off that they're supposed to win now, like the Leafs? Probably, yeah. I imagine there'll be some frustration if they don't do anything. You know, could they grab an Anton Forsberg or some sort of solution in net? I, I wouldn't rule it out entirely, but they say they're not doing anything. Uh, Montreal, they got a Lekin in. I think they've. I, I think those guys have done an unbelievable job getting ahead of it early. Yeah. Toffoli, a first rounder. Sherrod, ben Sherrod, first a first rounder. Multiple first rounders. It's nice. Yeah. They're. I think they've done a great job. Sounds like they want a first rounder for Lekkinen so, as well. I think they could get it. Yeah. He uh, he's in. I, I don't want to say he's Blake Coleman or Goudreau, but he's he's up there with that great type of third line guy. Hard checker, PK. How old is he? He's pretty young enough, too. He's a guy you'd want, right? You know, going forward. He has to move. That is a significant piece, again, for Kent Hughes mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Gorton. So, last thing before we go here, deadline. Leafs getting a little squirrely, getting a little desperate. Jim Rutherford picks up the phone and says, give me the haggle package. I'll give you JT Miller. The haggle package. Give me two first. I'll give you JT Miller. No. No, Brent, uh, Brennan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas cannot go there. You know, I do it. The, 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 the killer here for Lee fans this season, unfortunately, was the first rounder they got burned off of the Felino last year. If they had that still in play. Well, they have first, though. They have, they have their firsts. They, they needed, they needed, uh, they needed that, that piece. One, yeah. They needed that draft pick. Just to keep it in play, but yeah, well, I, they can't. They cannot get burned again. Mm-hmm. Could you, they? Could they flip? Then flip Robertson for a first back or something. Trade, trade the trade or, the first, the second. Don't show up to the draft. Get it done. Here's the <laughs> ultimate question that the Leafs have to answer, and this is staring themselves right in the mirror: Is our lineup ready now to beat Tampa Bay and Florida? Here's the other part of that, Kipper. And if you can't answer if it that, ain't now, honestly. When? You you gotta you gotta take another crack at it next year. But the answer honestly is yes, you can. You can now. I mean You can beat well, Tampa? Yes, you can. You're, I mean a lot of things have underdog. to go right. You're an underdog. Yeah. Plus one fifty, plus one sixty underdog probably. A little more? Plus two hundred? No, I don't know. Fun week, guys. Good luck to all of you fans out there with your respective clubs. I hope you all trade for Wayne Gretzky. Next time we see you, the trade deadline will be over. Exciting. And we will know. We'll do a lineup. We'll do the new Leafs lineup, including JT Miller, Besser, Lindholm. <laughs> Our thanks to Doug Happy McLean, Rick Tockett, Adam Seaborn, JB, enjoy your weekend. You Sammy. Too, buddy. Looking Danielle, fresh, the new cut. fantastic job. All of you, stay safe this weekend.
And we'll be back here on Monday. Real Kipper and Bourne.